My name is Leonidas, and this is Informed Dissent. All right, welcome to the inaugural episode of Informed Dissent, the podcast where we push back on the culture of groupthink and challenge the narrative. My name is Leonidas. I really appreciate you tuning into this first episode. Yeah, this podcast has been a long time coming, so I'm very excited to really get this started. If you don't know who I am, I am, I guess you would call a cultural political commentator. I am also a writer, a speech language pathologist, a film and musical theater actor, a musician, a small L libertarian, very important distinction, and a passionate advocate for what I would call a post-racial identity, which we'll talk about quite a bit in later episodes. All right, so episode one, Black Lives Matter. Man, where do I even start with these people? Yeah, I feel like we had to start with this topic because unless you've been living under a rock, you're aware that the national conversation for the last few months has been pretty much dominated by the idea that America is systemically racist. Now, of course, the COVID issue has been at the forefront as well, but not even that has been able to completely escape the race conversation because these people are entirely unable to view the world through any lens except for skin color. So COVID has also been deemed to be systemically racist because why not? Clearly, viruses hate black people. Anyway, as you're probably familiar, there is an extremely toxic neo-Marxist organization that calls itself Black Lives Matter. And then there is the supposed more organic protest movement against police brutality that also calls itself Black Lives Matter. And we're supposed to believe that these two groups have nothing to do with each other. Come on, I mean, just on the surface, how nonsensical is that? Well, we call ourselves the KKK, But we're not the KKK organization, even though we believe the same stuff, okay? We are a grassroots movement against police brutality, so please do not confuse us with them. Oh, okay, my mistake. Now I understand. You just have the same name and same general beliefs and same calls to action, just not the same. It's ridiculous. And... You know, just the fact that this movement is trying to distance itself from the organization tells you everything that you need to know about all of it. All of it. None of it's genuine. It's all political. It's all about power. These people don't care about black lives. Give me a break. They did. They would care about the thousands of black lives that are taken by street violence every year. And not just the few that are unjustly killed by police. If they actually cared about black lives, they would care about the fact that since George Floyd's death, over 60 black children have been killed by other black people, at least 20 of them under the age of 10. But they don't care about that. Doesn't serve the narrative. Doesn't help the agenda. Doesn't help them gain power. So why would they care? Now, one of the arguments we hear against that is that Black Lives Matter is a movement to address only police brutality and not street violence. Oh, okay, I get it. That little one-year-old that was killed in a drive-by, that's not in their purview. They only care about criminals who are killed in the act of resisting arrest. They only care about people like Rayshard Brooks, the guy that fought the cops in Atlanta, stole their taser, and then tried to tase them with it. Those are the cases they're concerned about. 
Not the baby that gets shot while sleeping in bed. Not the eight-year-old that gets shot while riding in a car with her mom. Not the 12-year-old that gets shot in her living room while showing her mom dance moves. Not them, right? Some incredible priorities there, let me tell you. Don Lemon tried to make this argument when discussing it with Terry Crews a couple weeks ago. And I've heard multiple people make the argument since. But look, if that is truly the case, if the movement is only focused on police, then why are you called Black Lives Matter? Why not end police brutality? How does that make sense? And in what world are you only allowed to care about the specific movement that you're currently promoting? It's crazy. I mean, are they saying that they care about black lives, but only under certain circumstances? I mean, it would have to be that, right? It would have to be. I mean, this argument is so obviously absurd. They're clearly showing their hand here when they do this. Because when we discuss black-on-black violence, we're not talking about one or two deaths where it's somewhat comparable to police shootings. No, we're talking about thousands. Thousands. Larry Elder says it all the time. Even the Attorney General, Bill Barr, brought it up at the House hearing a couple weeks ago. Homicide is the leading cause of death for young black men. So if you're a young black male, the police are the least of your worries. And if you're going to worry, you need to worry about other black people. Because if, God forbid, you ever happen to get shot and killed, it is almost certainly going to be another black person behind that firearm and not a police officer. So here's the question. Why would you ever form a movement that focuses only on black lives lost to supposed police misconduct when that particular cause of death is so minimal and so rare in relation to black people killed by other black people that it wouldn't even show up on a pie chart. You'd have to put it in the footnotes. Why, under the pretense of caring about what happens to black people and protecting the sanctity of life, as implied by the name of the movement, would you focus on something this negligible while blatantly ignoring one of the leading causes of death in these communities? which is homicide. Not only that, blatantly ignoring the deaths of young children who are senselessly killed in street violence. It makes no sense. It reminds me of that bird box meme where they're all wearing blindfolds. Just an utter refusal to even give a cursory examination to these problems. I mentioned this on Twitter, but really the only possible explanation for this is that they genuinely do not care unless they believe they can use it to further their own agenda. Of course, that's a cynical interpretation, but that is the only real possibility that makes sense. It's why there would be national outrage, protests, riots, weeping politicians, whatever, if a white person, or worse, a white cop, killed a black child. Like just They thought that that's what happened in Chicago. They, they, they weren't even sure. They just thought that, that, it, that it had happened. And what happened? They, it was riots. They burned down the city. And they, it wasn't even true. You know, if, if it actually had happened, we'd have riots all over the country. We'd have all kinds of think pieces about how horribly racist America is and how terrifying it is uh, for a black person to live here. 
and how black people can't walk outside without fear of being killed by a white person. But when over 60 black children are killed in the month of July alone, including babies, babies killed by other black people, we hear nothing. Crickets. How do you possibly explain that? The only possible explanation is that they don't care about black lives. They don't care about any lives. How many black people have died during these riots? Do they care about that? No. It seems they only care about creating a particular narrative and using that narrative to gain power. That's it. And the use of the phrase Black Lives Matter? It's a meaningless cover. It's nothing more than emotional blackmail and straight-up manipulation. By saying Black Lives Matter, they can say or do whatever they want. It's a license. They can block traffic. They can riot. They can burn down buildings. They can loot. They can drive U-Hauls up to buildings and start stealing stuff out of stores. They can attack white people in the streets, drag people out of their cars, cause widespread death and destruction, and you can't disagree with them. Because if you do, you are a racist, white supremacist bigot who thinks black lives do not indeed matter. See, these parents, they can take their little toddlers out to protest and give them signs that say, F the police which is child abuse, by the way, teaching your kids to hate like that. People like Tiffany Haddish and LeBron James can go on TV and say that black people are being literally hunted. Literally hunted. BLM leaders can call white people subhuman and say they have genetic defects. People like Nick Cannon can say white people are savages and closer to animals. They can say and do all of that. But you can't disagree with them. You can't say that's wrong. You can't even question it. Because black lives matter. It's a semantic trap. You can't win. Either agree with them or else you're racist. Or in my case, a self-hating Uncle Tom. That's the game. And I've had many people tell me personally that they're afraid to say anything negative about BLM because of that. And there have been people who have actually lost their jobs for coming out against BLM or posting something on social media critical of BLM. For example, there was that chaplain at MIT, I think, who was fired or forced to resign simply because he questioned whether or not the George Floyd situation was motivated by racism. He just questioned it. All he said was, we don't know. And that George Floyd, while he didn't deserve to die, was not a good person at all. That's it. And all of that is true. But he got fired for it. That is a huge problem because that means that people in this movement are effectively shutting down debate, suppressing opposing opinions, and creating a massive echo chamber where they can do and say whatever they want and craft whatever reality they want to. And nobody can challenge them. That is extremely dangerous and it needs to be stopped. We cannot have that in a free country. People need to feel free to speak and give their opinions and challenge ideas. Lucky for me, my skin is brown. Mocha, actually. So I can say this stuff without real fear of retribution. But a white person? They would be eviscerated. I mean, think about that. How is that progress? To be fair, they still do try to call me racist, but doesn't really have any effect on me probably because of my internalized white supremacy or something. 
Look, the whole thing is a farce. Just nothing more than an attempt to grab more power. I mean, they pretend to be some countercultural movement, but they control the culture. Corporate America, Hollywood, professional sports, the music industry, mainstream media, they are all on the left. They all bend the knee. And all of this stuff is happening in Democrat-controlled cities. So who exactly are they protesting and rioting against? Themselves? When they say the system is racist, what are they talking about? Who are they talking about? They're the system. It's the left. And it's so ridiculous. I feel like we're living in a cartoon. And yet we're told we have to accept all of this stuff and go along with it. And kneel during the national anthem. And make white fragility our new Bible. And pretend like this butt-naked emperor that's running around is actually wearing clothes. They tell us we have to do it or else. Now, none of this is to say that police brutality shouldn't be addressed wherever it happens. Obviously, just like in any other profession made up of human beings, not all police officers are good. And some do need their badges taken away. That's obvious. But the way I see it is it's like anything else. Bad things happen. There are bad people in the world. This is life. But there's no reason to make all these broad strokes and generalizations. Deal with things on a situational basis. None of this, oh, it's a widespread systemic problem. We need to tear down the whole system. When it's actually just a problem with one officer. It makes no more sense to go after all police in the entire country just because of Derek Chauvin than it does to go after all black people in the entire country just because of Grafton Thomas, the guy who stabbed all those Jewish people on Hanukkah last year. Just use common sense. Common sense. And you know, another thing that bothers me is that a lot of this stuff is based on nothing but assumptions. Like Derek Chauvin, like the chaplain was saying, we don't even know if any of that was motivated by race at all. There's no evidence. It's all assumption. People feel like it's true. And we're supposed to believe that police are systemically racist based on an assumption and a feeling about this one officer's behavior or even a handful of officers' behavior. That isn't rational at all. Especially when you look at the stats. They just do not support that assertion. Now, I won't bore you all with a ton of stats, but the ones that stick out the most are crime rates, particularly violent crime rates. And then, of course, unarmed shootings, which, remember, unarmed does not mean not dangerous. But if there's going to be a significant problem in bias, and if police are literally out here hunting innocent black people, then that's where we're going to see it manifest. Well, let's look at it. According to the Washington Post, you know, the notorious right-wing news organization, last year, 2019, police killed 999 suspects. Out of those 999 suspects, 403 were white and 250 were black. So, out of 999 suspects who were killed by police, 40% were white, 25% were black. Now, what they say at this point is, but you have to look at population. It's disproportionate. Black people were only 13% of the population, and yet they were 25% of suspects killed by police. That's racism. No. It's not. The disparities are clearly due to disparities in violent crime rates. And when you have black suspects that commit homicide at five and a half times the rate of white suspects, robbery at almost six times the rate of white suspects, 
and assault at two and a half times the rate of white suspects. Why would you not expect there to be disparities between black and white suspects in dealing with police? Then if you look at unarmed shootings, in, also in 2019, 25 white people were killed while unarmed and 14 black people were killed while unarmed. Which, by the way, just as an aside, the number in that database for unarmed black suspects at the beginning of the year up until June was nine. And inexplicably, just days after a bunch of people had been talking about it, including myself, which I had a tweet go viral that included those stats, and Wesley Lowry, who I guess helps run the Fatal Force database, got mad at me for using his data and coming to a conclusion that he didn't like. But Tucker Carlson had also brought it up. Heather McDonald posted a piece in the Wall Street Journal, I think. But a couple days after all of this, the Washington Post went back into the database and magically changed six cases that had been previously classified as armed over to unarmed. And these cases involved people trying to take the officer's weapon or having a firearm in the car and reaching for it or something like that. Really difficult to not see the Washington Post as attempting to manipulate the narrative by doing that. But even so, it just highlights the point that unarmed does not mean not dangerous. I mean, some of these other cases, the suspects had cars and were trying to run over the officers. That is not really unarmed. I think Matt Walsh pointed that out a couple weeks ago. But regardless, when you look at the updated numbers, it is still only 14 black unarmed and 25 white unarmed. And that means that out of all white suspects who were killed, 6.2% were unarmed. And out of all black suspects who were killed, 5.6% were unarmed. So white suspects who were killed were more likely than black suspects to be unarmed. So already we see something is off. This doesn't make sense at all if the police are truly racist and hunting innocent black people. You know, another way to frame these stats, by the way, is that 94.4% of black suspects killed by police were armed versus 93.8% of white suspects. So the vast majority of suspects of any race who were killed by police were armed. And a higher percentage of black suspects were armed than white suspects. To drive this point home, look at what happens if we take away all 55 of the unarmed shootings, which includes all races, and again, almost all of them were justified. But if we took all of them away, no unarmed shootings at all, which would you know, be a, apparently a great success for Black Lives Matter, that would still be 944 shootings, 40% of them would be white suspects, and 25% of them would be black. It's exactly the same. So clearly, the disparities are not due to unarmed shootings and not due to racism. Unarmed shootings are extremely rare. Any killing, honestly, is extremely rare, given the millions of police contacts that happen every year. But the disparities are due to violent crime rates and armed suspects shooting at and trying to kill police, which makes perfect sense. Like I said, it comes from the Washington Post database, the Fatal Force database, and uh, the other stats come from the FBI UCR database that they do every year. So you can look them up for yourself and compare. But I mean, when you look back, I mean, black people commit homicide and robbery at higher numbers, not just rates, higher numbers. That, that's crazy. 13% of the population commits homicide and robbery at higher numbers than any other group. That's, that's just nuts. And you expect there to be no disparities? 
You know, also PragerU put out an interesting stat a couple weeks ago. Uh, he said that a police officer is 18 and a half times more likely to be killed by a black suspect than an unarmed black suspect is to be killed by a police officer. 18 and a half times more likely. Now, with all that said, do you think this movement is justified? Are the protests and riots justified? The demonization of police? The calls to defund them? Does any of that seem justified? When you look at these statistics, does it truly sound like police are out hunting black people? It makes a lot more sense to say that black people are hunting police based on these stats. Or we could say that unicorns are hunting leprechauns because that's about as reasonable and as useful. But okay, that's the Black Lives Matter movement and how wrong and disingenuous it is. It's all based on lies. But what about the organization itself? And remember, we're supposed to make a distinction between the two. Even though they have the same name, same general beliefs, we're supposed to believe they're different. So what is Black Lives Matter, the organization? I don't know if you've ever been to their website, but the very first thing that pops up is an image from one of the recent protests with a large crowd of people holding candles. And the caption says, our fight for liberty, justice, and freedom continues. Together, we can and will transform. This is the revolution. Change is coming. Okay, already we have a problem. The organization is equating itself with the protests. The organization itself does not seem to agree with the argument that it is different from the movement at all. They seem to think they're the same. And these people view the movement as a transformative revolution. We already know that there have been calls from the protests and in think pieces to defund the police and basically dismantle the entire justice system because they believe the whole system is built on racism and needs to be destroyed. This is the movement. And Black Lives Matter, the organization, do you know what else is on their website? Actual calls for a national defunding of police. It's on their website. They say it. You can look it up. So I don't understand. How is that different than what's happening on the ground? I mean, is this truly a different ideology? Because they seem identical to me, at least on this front. Is the movement not calling for this stuff? If you're confused, you should be, because there is no discernible difference between the two. They are the same. And they say themselves that they're the same. Now, Beyond that, the founders of the organization are self-avowed Marxists, and they have publicly stated as much, and I can prove it. Here is one of the founders, Patrice Collers, saying exactly that. I think of a lot of things. The first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Um, we are... Uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories. Trained Marxists, she says. Marxists. They are unapologetic communists. Cultural Marxism is what they're after. If you look at their What We Believe section on their website, they tell you exactly who they are. They don't hide it. Aside from that fact, and aside from the fact that they still parrot the lies about Ferguson and Mike Brown, 
which should immediately make them lose all credibility by itself. The rest of the section is more than enough to throw the whole organization and the whole movement in the trash. What they want to do is build a global coalition that pushes transgender ideology while calling themselves a queer-affirming network, and they want to, quote, dismantle cisgender privilege and free themselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking, end quote. Ah, postmodernism. I love the postmodernists when they attempt to sound intelligent. So they use all this ridiculous language that's really just gobbledygook. Meaningless. Heteronormative. My goodness. Okay, so they're also apparently radical feminists who set out to battle the patriarchy, which, you know, always nice to talk to those kind of people. They're always very reasonable. And also, and this is probably the most egregious aspect of their beliefs, They want to, in their words, disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement. Yeah. Now, Black Lives Matter is supposed to be about police brutality. I have been reliably informed that this is what it's about. And I don't know about you, but I don't know what any of that stuff has to do with police brutality. This isn't about police. They're trying to completely transform the culture. And they tell you that explicitly. They want to transform society. They want chaos. They want destruction. They want Marxism. That's what they're doing. So when someone tells you that Black Lives Matter only focuses on police brutality, and that's why they don't have anything to say about rampant street violence and little children being slaughtered, they are lying. Dismantle the nuclear family requirement calling it Western prescribed with a clear tone of disdain. And that alone proves not only that the movement is not about police, but it proves that they don't care about black lives because pretty much every single issue in these high crime communities can be traced back to the home. I posted some stats recently on poverty from the U.S. Census Bureau from uh, 2018 that showed that 24.9% of all single mother households, regardless of race, were in poverty, compared to 4.7% of married couples. And we've known this for a while, that poverty and single mother households have a strong correlation. And then we look at that same report, and we see that 66% of all black households that had children were single mothers. 66%. So if there is a strong correlation between single motherhood households and poverty... What do you think is going to happen when 66% of your households have no fathers? You want to make that the norm? Additionally, an off-sided stat that was even quoted by Obama himself is that a child raised without a father is five times more likely to be in poverty, nine times more likely to drop out of school, and 20 times more likely to end up in prison. So an organization that wants to disrupt the nuclear family structure is an organization that has no interest in facts and has no interest in actually improving lives, particularly black lives. Now, I don't think that everyone that marches and says black lives matter or who posts a black box on Instagram believes in these things necessarily. But obviously, the organization does. And clearly, many people in the so-called movement do as well, or else there would be no Black Lives Matter organization. And they're fundraising. 
BLM, the organization, fundraising. They're making money off this stuff. So the organization cannot be easily teased apart from the movement. And whatever goes on in the movement is clearly being used to further the goals of the organization. So I suggest, at the very least, if you are currently a supporter of Black Lives Matter, and if you do not believe in these things that they say they believe in, it would be prudent to abandon the movement altogether. It is based on lies, it is toxic, and it needs to be destroyed. I said the other day that the very fact that someone like George Floyd gets canonized while someone like Herman Cain gets the middle finger, or the very fact that criminals who resist arrest get marches and national coverage while a three-year-old killed in street violence gets ignored, should tell you everything you need to know about this so-called woke progressivism. Black lives do not matter to them. No lives matter. All that matters is ideological conformity, power, and control. So look, I don't know what the actual nuanced differences are between the organization and the movement, but frankly, I don't care. It all needs to be soundly rejected. Looking for revolution, cultural Marxism, supporting criminals and violence, denigrating authority, particularly law enforcement, refusing to acknowledge any kind of personal responsibility or how individual choices might impact outcomes, promoting victimhood and victim mentality, pushing radical left gender ideology, moving to dismantle the nuclear family, making ridiculous and meaningless virtue signaling gestures, ignoring the rampant violence and crime-ridden communities, including the tragic deaths of little children, and attempting to shame, disparage, and destroy anyone and anything that challenges their ideology. I have absolutely zero respect for and zero interest in supporting such an organization or any movement that shares its name. And you shouldn't either. Thanks for listening. I'm Leonidas, and this has been Informed Dissent. If you would like to help support the show through donation, you can do so at donorbox.org slash Leonidas. D-O-N-O-R-B-O-X dot org slash Leonidas. I really appreciate that. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, give it a five-star rating, share with your friends. Also, follow me on social media at Leonidas Johnson. And check out my website at LeonidasJohnson.com. And always remember, do your own research, challenge everything. Don't be afraid to stand up for what you believe. We'll see you next week. God bless. God bless.